This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Any update as as far as where negotiations stand uh, with that new deal? I got nothing for you, my man. (laughs) You'll have to wait and see. Well, it's pretty obvious uh, that Joe is the heart of the matter. We'll see how high that ends up going, but you know how much the Bengals value Burrow. Burrow's single-handedly flipped that franchise around, or played a key role, I should say. And so, you know, we'll see how high that number goes, but the question's going to be, can they keep the core together? Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80, along with Michelle Smallman. I'm Gabe Nigel, filling in for the guys today, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The big news yesterday was Joel Burrow, after he had to be carted off the field, suffering an apparent calf injury for the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, we've had about 24 hours now since then, so should have at least some concrete update on what the injury is, how long he's going to be out, right? Right, Zach Taylor, who met with the media after practice today to give us the latest on his quarterback. I'll start with Joe. Um, calf strain. It'll take several weeks, and, and that's the information we got right now. Several weeks taking into the regular season, potentially? Several weeks and several weeks. How much, Great. T- how much time with Joe at camp practice would he need to be ready for your competition? Joe got more days this July than he's ever had in the NFL. And so I feel really good about the, the progress we made during those July practices with Joe. And uh, when he's able to get back, we'll, we'll be able to get the work and we need. Zach, yep. Joe had the compression sleeve on yesterday. Did he mention to you anything about feeling? He, he's always, these guys are always in great dialogue with the trainers and doing all those things that they can be to be precautionary. But I, I thought he looked great out there yesterday moving around. So that was Zach Taylor, Bengals head coach, giving us uh, several weeks, is several weeks. Um, So being as vague as he possibly could, and then when pressed about it being regular season, just would not commit to anything. Several weeks, and, and if he's not willing to commit to anything, Michelle, to me that means it's possible he could miss a game or two into the regular season, but they're just trying to be as as open and, and as flexible as they can with that timeline. Yeah, I think he probably still is waiting to see how this thing develops with Joe Burrow. You know, not all injuries are linear. A lot of times you could feel great and then have a setback. I think he's just not wanting to pigeonhole himself into a firm return date. But also, if you're the head coach, Gabe, aren't you wondering if Joe Burrow's team is telling him, hey, you know, you're one play away from potentially hurting yourself and being out for the season. Maybe we shouldn't return until a contract is done. You're coming off the best year of your career after Justin Herbert just got paid. You know that you're next in line. Maybe we should hold hold off until we get this deal done. There's just a lot of things at play here right now for Joe Burrow and his return date. So I can understand why his head coach, Zach Taylor, doesn't want to put a firm, firm return date or at least a firm window out there. You're not the only one who thought about injury and what does that mean for the contract of Joe Burrow. Is Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, had this to say this morning on ESPN Radio about Burrow, his injury, and his contract. Yes. What I would be saying to him is that, hey, look, you know, we're going to take care of two things. We're going to take care of your calf and we're going to take care of your contract. And they're both equally important. You're, you're too valuable to this franchise, to the city. Um, presumably, Harry, I, I think they're really, really close. Um, you know, once Herbert got done, um, you know, we've seen in the off season, you know, be it, you know, Jalen Hurts and then Justin Herbert and, you know, this evolution of the quarterback market. So I think to me, um, they have to be close. And I would just take that issue off the table and just say, hey, we're going to get this done before you're back on the field. 
Everybody takes their turn in the NFL. It's the way it works. As he mentioned, it was Hurts, and then we just had the Herbert deal, so that means that you know Joe is next. And when it, when it comes to Burrow, I'm not, I would not be shocked if by the time he returns to practice, they have some sort of contract. It just it makes too much sense. You don't want to aggravate him. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where he goes, oh. Well, maybe that calf's a little bit tighter, and and I'm going to hold off on practicing until you get that new contract done. It just seems like that would complicate things. The relationship seems great between the Bengals and Joe Burrow. I don't think you would want to rock that boat. It only makes sense to make sure you get this deal done before he finds his way back on a practice field. What is one reason why you wouldn't get it done? What's the, what, is there any reason out there why you wouldn't want to just expedite this and get it done before week one, Gabe? Because this guy is your franchise. Since he stepped foot in your organization four years ago, he has elevated you to relevancy. He has elevated you into being a Super Bowl contender. He is a winner and a franchise quarterback by every single possible measure. There is no reason why he shouldn't command more than Justin Herbert and why you shouldn't want to just get it done. It's inevitable. Why wouldn't you just want to get it over with and then focus on the other contracts that you have to worry about, namely Jamar Chase and T. Higgins? He's been so good that, and and luckily for the Bengals, this does not appear to be a serious injury where he's going to miss more than, as his head coach said, several weeks. So, But even if it was some sort of devastating injury that would have kept him out half the season, the full season, he's been so good in the three years that he's played, that wouldn't matter to me. Like, Okay, we'll, we'll get you healthy, we'll get you back on the field, we're still going to give you a massive contract because... This is what every NFL team is hoping for. Every NFL team hopes to draft a Joe Burrow that Mm -hmm. is going to be able to lead their franchise into the future and be the perennial Super Bowl contender that you think the Bengals are going to be with Joe Burrow. So even if it would have been a devastating injury, so no, I cannot come up with a single reason why you would not want to get this done. So that brings us to Joe Burrow, who has been conscious and has stated out loud that you know he wants to make sure there's still more there's money available for guys like Jamar Chase, T Higgins, a couple of guys he has built some pretty good rapport with and has had a lot of success with. Should Burrow take less money? Is this something we're going to see potentially from from Burrow where he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I could set, you know, a high a higher um a contract out there. I could pursue more money and and set the new mark for quarterback and how much money I'm getting on an annual average basis." But do you think he ends up taking less to make sure he keeps Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Cincinnati with him? I wouldn't be surprised if he did, Gabe. If we have any young quarterback out there that I think could follow the the Tom Brady blueprint, I think it could be Joe Burrow. Now, could he, could he command way more than Justin Herbert? Absolutely. Is he worth every penny? You betcha. But this is a guy who knows what it's like to win and who seems motivated more by legacy and by championships than he does money. And he knows that even if he takes a little bit less off the top, that he's going to get paid. He yeah. knows that, I mean, I see him everywhere promoting body armor. This guy's getting endorsements. He's he's going to make the money. This guy is going to make the money in one way or another. And I think that he's one of these quarterbacks that understands that his popularity and his value are not only linked to what he brings to the team, but it's intrinsically linked to the success of the team, especially in a market like Cincinnati, right? And so he is probably looking at the landscape of how this is all going to shake out financially. And if he needs to take a little less to keep those guys and make sure they're happy, 
I would not be surprised based on what we've seen out of Joe Burrow if he would do that. But I don't know if he's going to have to. They might, they might just write in the check and be done with it. Uh, and, and I'm sure they would prefer to just yeah, make it as easy as possible. I would not be shocked either. Just because of the chemistry that he's had with those two, and you want to keep those those two guys around for as long as you can. You know, so let's say he takes, I don't know, $10 million less per year, $5 million less per year. He's still getting a lot of money, whatever that contract ultimately ends up being. And if you want the Bengals to continue to be relevant, to be, continue to be a team that pushes the Kansas City Chiefs, you need your version of Travis Kelsey. Right, like you need. I mean, the, the, part of the reason the Chiefs have been so successful is because they've got one of the best head coaches in the NFL in Andy Reid. They have Patrick Mahomes, and they proved last year by winning a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. It was actually Travis Kelsey is the the offensive weapon that really makes that offense go with Patrick Mahomes. So you need that weapon to kind of bring along with you in order to be as relevant as they have been for the past two seasons. Absolutely. I, I just don't know what the what the holdup is, and maybe it is trying to make all of these numbers work moving forward, but I wouldn't be surprised, Gabe, if we see this contract get done sooner rather than later. And even though Joe Burrow's going to be out a couple weeks and he's dealing with that calf strain, this is the third straight training camp that he's dealt with an injury or an illness. I mean, let's not forget, in 2021, he's coming back from the torn ACL and MCL. Last year, he suffered that ruptured appendix. Even when he's had to miss time early on in camp, it hasn't affected his performance which is good news for the Bengals. Yeah, because the last two years we've been looking at Super Bowl, AFC Championship <laughs> game, and the expectations certainly aren't going to change just because he's going to be missing the next several weeks with a calf injury for the Bengals. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. As far as, you know, what we have going on here, I kind of live by saying if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. Obviously, we're doing something right if you got to talk about us when we don't play you till week four. Sean Payton's not shy about letting people know how he feels about things. If he gets asked a question, he's going to answer it bluntly. And I think that's what he was doing while also sending a message to everybody within his organization about what the culture is going to be moving forward. For a guy like Sean Payton, it was a small move by him. You don't have to mention his name. You don't have to mention the New York Jets. Gabe Neitzel, Michelle Smallman, in on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM at Channel 80. Sean Payton had some strong words about what happened in Denver a year ago, and some strong words about the mess that he thinks he is trying to clean up to get the Broncos back to the postseason in 2023. Talked with USA Today about how maybe Nathaniel Hackett, previous head coach, who was fired after 15 games last year, uh, maybe did the worst job in NFL history, would go on and even take shots at the Jets this year about how they've been looking for all this attention, just watch hard knocks, paraphrasing here a little bit about how things are going to blow up in their face. Well, Sean Payton's had about 24 hours to think about it, and he seems to think maybe he went just a little too far, as he explained in his press conference today. I had one of those moments where I still had my Fox hat on and not my coaching hat on. You know, I said this to the team in the meeting yesterday. We've had a great offseason relative to that, you know, and I've been preaching that message. And here I am, the veteran, you know, stepping in it. It was it was a learning experience for me. It was a mistake. Obviously, I needed a little bit more filter. 
there's a pound of flesh for these guys. And, and as a coach, you stick up for them. And after a while, we're past that season last year. And, you know, I said what I said. And obviously, I needed it a little bit more restraint. And uh, I regret that. Was there a better way to try to defend his guy in Russell Wilson than, than say what he said on the record to USA Today? I'm sure there was. <laughs> because now he's having to walk it back, Gabe. But... It's it's really in, a couple of things here. There, a couple of these things are really interesting. The more I marinate on it, so Sean Payton came out and said that part of what was so disastrous last year. And I'll just read the exact quote. He said it doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed, and that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much bleeping time trying to win the offseason, the PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around and all this stuff. We're not doing any of that. Then he goes on to say the Jets did that this year. You watch Hard Knocks, all of it. I can see it coming. But when he says we're not doing any of that, what are you doing right now giving these quotes to USA Today? Yep. Are you not trying to win the PR battle and point the finger at Nathaniel Hackett and not your quarterback, Russell Wilson? You are doing exactly what you just said you were not going to do. You are doing PR damage control on your quarterback. You're pointing out all the things that went wrong last year. Him being um, you know, too much about worrying about let Broncos country, let's ride. The PR, the pomp and circumstance. You, He mentioned his personal quarterback's coach being... Being allowed into the building and the fact that they the Nathaniel Hackett and the people in charge needed to be the adults in the room. You're trying to do the spin zone. You're doing exactly what you said was problematic last year by giving these quotes. And I know that wasn't his intention, but here we are talking about him trying to flip the narrative. The Broncos had been doing such a good job of flying under the radar. Yeah, it was a story when they got Sean Payton. I mean, Sean Payton is considered one of the better coaches in the NFL, took the year off last year, became available, and now you went out and got him to try to rectify whatever went wrong within your organization last year. And for about a week this offseason, everybody talked about Sean Payton. We hadn't talked about Sean Payton in the Broncos for the longest of time because as stacked as the AFC is, nobody's really looking at your team as one that can be a contender to make the postseason, especially in the division you're in with the defending Super Bowl champions, with a quarterback who just got a boatload of money this week. You were just doing a great job of flying under the radar. You could have been the team that maybe snuck up on a couple of teams. Not anymore. I'm sure Russell Wilson was placing pressure on himself because he hasn't made the postseason in the last two years. It didn't end Mm -hmm. well in Seattle. Obviously, last year was a disaster. I'm sure he was putting pressure on himself. But now you just put a spotlight on yourself and your organization with these comments that you made and then subsequently had to apologize for, although he was just apologizing for saying them out loud. I don't think he apologized (laughs) for actually thinking them. And, oh, no, he said I said what I said. Yeah, he <laughs> kind of stood by it, right? So, he, I mean, you, you just put a bigger light on your franchise, and now because you decided to take out the Jets along with it, like that's a huge marquee matchup that everyone wants to see now in week four of the season. Yeah, and I, and I get what he's doing, Gabe. They haven't had a winning season since 2016. They were a joke last year. It was a disaster with Nathaniel Hackett. It was a disaster with Russell Wilson. It was the NFL's worst offense. It was a career worst season for Russell Wilson. The Broncos are desperate to get the quarterback position right. How many Broncos quarterbacks have we been through in the past few years? And you think it's a slam dunk hire with Russell Wilson and it's anything but. So I get why 
he wants to come out and be very forceful publicly saying that he is shifting things. But I don't know if if this is going to have the outcome that he anticipated, because I'm with you. I think he just put more pressure on his quarterback. He is shining the light on not only what went wrong there, but on some of the things that Russell Wilson did to contribute to that. And I just, it'll be very interesting to see how all of this plays out, particularly as we get closer to that game in week five with the Jets, because this is not going away. Even though he's trying to walk back and say, I I could have done a better job. I'll call Nathaniel Hackett. I'll call Robert Sala. Robert Sala's already saying, if you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. They're using this as fuel over in New York, and this is not going away. So if he didn't want to be in the PR spin zone, if he didn't want to be part of the headlines, if his whole thing was, we're going to do everything different last year, we're going to fly under the radar, don't tell me, show me. And you have not showed me that so far it's any different. I understand wanting, you've got your internal expectations. I'm sure they've, they've talked about wanting to make the postseason again. But you just didn't have to do it in such a public way. Like now, if you missed the playoffs the way that you just spouted off about how good this team and how good Russ is, obviously you think you're a pretty good coach because you think you're able to clean up all these things. But you have to you're you're gonna have to answer some pretty tough questions if you don't make the playoffs this year. And by the way, I'm not sure you're a playoff team because of how good the AFC is. Maybe you'd definitely be a playoff team. In the NFC, but over in the AFC, there are going to be some really good teams that are on the outside looking in at the end of the year. You're probably going to be one of them, and that just opens you up now for some really tough questions that you're going to have to answer. You just you made things a lot harder on yourself when you didn't have to, all in the name of trying to give confidence to your quarterback. Yeah, and another thing about that, he says it wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS out there that he hit a wall, they couldn't get a play in. I mean, if if you have to so publicly come out and defend your quarterback in that manner, and I and I get it. He's your guy. You you want to make sure that he knows that you have his back. But if you have to do this so publicly in order to inflate his confidence, what does that tell us about where Russell Wilson is at mentally right now? You know, I just try to, but, but, I try yeah, I mean, to read you're through telling the lines Mr. here a Unlimited might be, uh, you know, full of a little false bravado? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? I don't know, but it, I'm just wondering why he felt the need to gas his quarterback up so so big time in this public way. And maybe he was just sitting with a reporter that he knew. I mean, he even opens up the article saying, like, can I say this? And um, Jared Bell's like, yeah, let it fly, basically. And maybe he just was in the the media realm for for a hot minute and wanted to get some things off of his chest and he forgot that he's a head coach again and it's going to land differently when these are the headlines but I also think Sean Payton is as seasoned as they come and this guy knew what he was doing he knew when he said those things to a national reporter that all of this stuff was going to get put in print and that we were all going to be examining it and if Part of his strategy was to gas up his quarterback this much. My question is why? Why? Great, if I think it's a great question. If Russell, if Russell Wilson is, as you said, it's BS that he hit a wall. If he still has it, then why? Why are you having to gas him up this way? I don't know. Just some questions I have that I would like to ask Sean Payton. <laughs> if, if he's that good, we are going to see it in Week One. That's uh, what yeah, I would you, say. Yep. You're not seeing what I'm seeing at practice. This guy's. This guy has it, and he'll show you. That the end. Yet yeah, you decided to take out the previous coach, the general manager who you have to now work with, 
and another team that's on your schedule. Certainly not uh, not the way I think Sean Payton wanted to start his training camp this week. Coming up next, our ESPN Radio two-a-days continue. Could two, our two teams today be good bets to win their division? We'll play a little good bet, bad bet, along with Michelle Smallman. I'm Gabe Nigel. In on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? Today's version of Good Bet, Bad Bet featuring two of the teams we're talking about throughout the course of today's show as part of ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days, the Titans and the Panthers. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. She's Michelle Smallman. I'm Gabe Neidsel. And to go over some good bet, bad bet with us, with the Titans and Panthers, we welcome in Eric Hanman, who I'm actually surprised isn't trying to watch like an Aaron Judge pirate <laughs> batting practice feed somewhere. He's so excited that Judge is returning for his Yankees tonight. But we're going to talk about football here, Eric, all right? I don't want to distract you, but football for the next couple of minutes. You okay with that? Yeah, you actually have my mind now. i got to get the Yes Network on in here, but... No, yeah, we're on ESPN Radio two-a-days. We'll start with the, the Tennessee Titans here. And so we start the win totals uh, when we do good bet, bad bet. And Caesar Sportsbook currently has the win total for the Tennessee Titans at 7.5, and, and it's even minus 110 for both the over and the under. So I'll start with you, Gabe. 7.5 wins for the Tennessee Titans this upcoming NFL season. Are you going over or under? With the odds kind of being the same either way, I'm, I'm going to say under. I, I just have way too many... Th- 
questions about quarterback. The quarterback is such an important thing in the NFL, as we all know. And if you have that many questions, okay, is Will Levis ready to go if Ryan Tannehill has an injury? If not, then it's Malik Willis, who obviously the Titans don't believe in. I just think that position is just so many question marks, has the potential to be a disaster for them. I am going to say under on the win total for the Tennessee Titans. This is a tough line, obviously. They said it this way for a reason. But I am shockingly going to go over. I'm with you, Gabe. I have so many questions about this team, but I also know that they're playing in a bad division and their schedule is not that difficult. So therefore, I'm going to reluctantly take the over. All right, up next is Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans. He had 1,538 rushing yards last season. We know he's a beast. And his number right now in Caesar Sportsbook for rushing yards this season is over under 1,180 and a half. Minus 115 each way. So, Michelle, I'll start with you. Do you think he'll okay. go over or under 1,180 yards this season on the ground? I'm taking the over. Even though they added DeAndre Hopkins and they'll likely be trying to move it through the air a little bit more this year. Derrick Henry is still an absolute beast, and they're going to feed that beast. He is, especially now, guys, with the way that the running back market is, they're like, we better use this guy while we have him. So I think that we'll see Derrick Henry uh, hit the over on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm taking the over there. He's been able to get there three of the last four years. Health would be the only thing that would prevent this, and that's what prevented it two years ago when he was under a thousand yards because you know he only played half of the games. He only played eight games, still had nine hundred thirty-seven yards, led the league in rushing when he had that injury. Number two in the league, I believe, that year was Derrick Henry after contact. Like that's how much head and shoulders above just about every other back this guy is when it comes to running the football. I am taking the over on Derrick Henry rushing yards over one thousand one hundred eighty and a half. Well, about a week ago, DeAndre Hopkins signed with the Tennessee Titans. There had been some rumblings. I'm only putting it out there. Just I don't believe this, but where wide receivers, veteran wide receivers, go to die, so to speak. You have Andre Johnson, uh, Julio Jones. But DeAndre Hopkins last season with only playing nine games had 717 yards, and the number on Caesars Sportsbook is 875.5. So, Gabe, are you going over or under for DeAndre Hopkins receiving yards at 875? I'm taking the under, and the reason is the quarterback issues I was just talking about, plus DeAndre's had an issue of staying on the field, whether it's been suspensions, whether it's been him being banged up. I just don't think he's going to be on the field enough, plus the quarterback issues. It's going to be under 875.5 for DeAndre. I'm going to go with the over. I agree with everything Gabe just said, but I also think that they – Really don't have anyone else to throw it to. We saw what this receiving group looked like last year, and I think that not they great, Bob. not great. I think they they acquired DeAndre Hopkins for a reason, and they are going to utilize him. So if he can stay healthy and develop that chemistry with whoever the quarterback is on whatever given night, I think we'll see him at the over. Oh, we got one more for the Titans here, and it's just for Michelle Smallman here on Good Bet Bad Bet on Canty oh. and Carlin because Gabe had the under seven and a half. And I guess, Gabe, you, you know, chime in if you think otherwise, but I don't think seven wins is going to win you the AFC South. So, Michelle, do you like plus 320? It's decent value, I think, for, for the Titans to win the AFC South. I don't. I still wouldn't take that. Even though I, I have them like right at that 7-8 win, so I just took the over. Um, but I still think that the Jaguars are going to win the AFC South, so I would not want to take that bet. Yeah, that's a bad bet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are playing good bet, bet, bet here on Canty and Carlin. Uh, let's move on to the Carolina Panthers, our other two-a-days team here. 
their win total, believe it or not, is also at seven and a half here on Caesar <laughs> Sportsbook. Although the over is minus one twenty and the under is plus a hundred. So Gabe, going over under seven wins for the Carolina Panthers this season under new head coach Frank Reich. Um, because of the division, I think they can get to that over. I will take the over uh, with the Panthers. I like Reich. I like what he can do, I think, with Young and developing. The division is just so bad. You're going to pick up some wins. Just They're going to beat up each other, but you're going to pick up some wins there, and I think you're going to be able to sneak to eight wins. Yeah, exact same reasoning. I... I don't think they're going to be a great team, but because they're in a terrible division and the Saints seem to be their only challenger there, I, this, the schedule's not that intimidating. I think that we will see them hit the over here. All right, and we know that the Frank Reich has named Bryce Young, the number one overall pick in this past NFL draft, the starting quarterback. He's currently the second shortest odds to win Rookie of the Year on Caesar Sportsbook at plus hmm. 400. Bijan Robinson is at plus 300. Uh, but for this season, I want to know if you guys think that Bryce Young will be over or under 3,345 passing yards. So, Michelle, I'll start with you. Hmm. Well, we, we know, obviously, he can throw the football. He's second in Alabama career passing yards, 8,356. But there's just too many questions with a rookie quarterback. And I, I don't know about the size, how that's going to translate, that I'm too much of a chicken to take the over. So I'm going to go with the under here. I want to take the over. I really do. <laughs> I just don't know. Like I look at the receiving roster and I'm going, wait, who's catching 3,345 and a half <laughs> worth of yards on this team? I would love it for, for it to be the over because I would love to have another young quarterback that makes the NFL fun and another team you got to pay attention to because he's doing some cool things. And I think Bryce Young will eventually get there. It's just not going to be this season. I'm with you. I'm going to take the under. All right, one more here, and that's the same one we wrapped up with the Titans in terms of the Panthers' chances of winning their division. Uh, I think they have the third shortest odds here. So it's, it's a, a Caesar Sportsbook likes a couple other teams ahead of the Panthers, but I think at plus 340 in a, in a weak division could be a decent um, number here if you have some pizza money for the uh, Carolina Panthers to win the NFC South. Gabe, good bet or bad bet? I think that's a good bet. I think if I, and just based on the value alone, because mm-hmm. I, the, the division's so bad, I would take the Panthers at plus 340. I think that way, if I were to place a bet on any of the teams in that division, I think it would be the Panthers based strictly on the odds. But also, I feel like it's pure gambling because I don't know who's actually good in that division. Right. Uh, we think the Saints are the favorite, but we don't know, um, especially with the Panthers and Bryce Young being such an unknown factor in the league. But I do like the value there. I think I might take it, too. I think that's a pretty good bet. And that's good bet, bad bet right here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, we have our play of the night. Plus, the Yankees have activated Aaron Judge off the IL before their series at the Orioles. And Taylor Swift did what? <laughs> that's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. 
Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. We do need to give you a play of the night on Canty and Carlin right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. But myself, Gabe Neitzel, and Michelle Smallman were... Not very good at that. We're, we're bad at <laughs> even though we just did an entire segment telling you whether or not something was a good bet, bad bet. We're actually terrible gamblers. We don't do it very often, so we have to go back to Eric as he has to give us tonight's play of the night. Eric, what do you got tonight? All right. Well, I think you know where I'm going with the first one here for for tonight because uh, is is it a home run for Aaron Judge? Oh yeah, it is. I'm predictable, but <laughs> look, that's not a bad thing always. So yeah, I'm gonna pick Aaron Judge to hit a home run. That's at plus one eighty. It just seems like something that he would do with the Yankees and spark a comeback to make the playoffs. Currently in last place in the AL East, and now let's see if that can Judge's return. Look, look, without Judge, they they tread water, and now they got Judge back. And he's going to start off with a bang tonight, hitting a home run. Uh, I'm going to parlay some fights this weekend. I'm going to start off with, um, well, so I'm going to put the home run in this parlay as well. I really like Derek Lewis um, at plus 170. I just It was too good of a bet for me, the Black Beast, the heavyweight in the UFC. Um, he's lost four or five, but they were all two really good heavyweights. So I'm going to pick him to beat Marcos Rogerio de Lima. I just thought that was too good to pass up. Then the main event is going to be must-watch UFC, ESPN+, Plus pay-per-view. Make sure you buy it because it's going to be an absolute fight for the BMF title, which I can't say here on radio what that stands for, but <laughs> it's th- these two guys bring it every single time, and I don't expect it to go the distance, so I'm going under four and a half rounds. And then there's fights galore because we have the boxing fight of the year as well tomorrow night between Terrence Bud Crawford and Errol Spence. It's finally happening. And I just think that uh, Terrence Crawford is going to get the job done. So that parlay pays out plus eighteen hundred twenty-eight. So if you put ten bucks on that, you make a pretty good profit there. Nice. 
Always swinging big. Have you ever hit one of these? You, I feel like every time I'm on this show, Eric, you, you swing big with the big parlays. Have you ever connected on one? Well, I, I, I have connected in my lifetime, but the ones I've given on this show... <laughs> Not so much? Not so much. All right. But I feel good right. about this one. Hey, all it takes is one. All it takes is one. I got a good feeling for you, bud. Tune into an AL East battle Sunday as the Orioles host the Yankees. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, and at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out. Well, Michelle, we just teased a little bit of our first story here in Three and Out. The Yankees have activated Aaron Judge off the IL before they start a series with the first-place Baltimore Orioles. The Yankees are in last place in the East. They've struggled offensively, bottom third of the league in runs scored. It maybe could not come at a better time for the Yankees as they try to make a legitimate push for the postseason in the American League. Eight games back behind the Orioles is not an insurmountable amount of games, Gabe, but it's certainly not an ideal place. (laughs) And it's not great, but it is not. I mean, I covered a Cardinals team that was 10 and a half games out and they won the World Series. Do I think the Yankees are capable of that? Probably not. Not as currently constructed. Getting Aaron Judge back obviously will help when you get the the MVP back into the lineup. But I also think that they're going to have to make a move at the deadline. They need to fortify themselves. They need to get an infusion into this offense. Maybe it's a Cody Bellinger. I have to imagine that that Yankees front office is active right now on the phone lines. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine that, yes, they, they want to because, again, they've spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of money to keep Aaron Judge around, and right now being in last place, probably a little embarrassing for the New York Yankees. And probably. This is a team for that sure. needs, yeah, this team that needs to make the postseason. i got to imagine they're going to be active. I don't know how many teams are actually selling at this point, though, so it could be tough to find an actual impact player on that market. This one's a little hard to believe, but it's true. Uh, because, I mean, Seattle is known for having incredibly loud crowds, right? Everybody remembers Marshawn Lynch's, yeah, Beast Quake. It's, you know, historically one of the hardest places to play in the NFL because of how loud that stadium gets. Well, Taylor Swift, as she continues her tour, which continues to put on big show after big show, her Seattle show generated more seismic activity in Seattle than Marshawn Lynch's Beast Quake. Like, so the the Swifties out there were going so hard at the concerts at, at Lumen Field, uh, they caused seismic activity equivalent of a 2.3 magnitude earthquake. That's bananas, but I'm not surprised at all. First of all, if you've been to Lumen Field, you know that the way the stadium's constructed, they have those overhangs that track mm-hmm. the sound. Have you seen these crowds at the oh, Eras yeah. Tour? They are more ignited than any fan base I've seen in a long time in any sport. They are loud. They are proud. I am not surprised that they are registering a 2.3 magnitude earthquake based on some of the videos I've seen on social media. There's so many Swifties out there that she's just adding shows to the tour. Like, oh, 
oh, I guess I'll sell out this football stadium for a third consecutive time. And people are just gobbling up the tickets. Like they just they, they can't be out there long enough without people buying them. So yes, this is actually not that shocking. Um, but you know, very impressive. Tip of the cap to the uh, the Swifties out there for sure. She's Michelle Smallman. I'm Gabe Knight. So we've been in on Canty and Carlin. Coming up next, Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.